You're going to be so proud of your country if I get in. You're going to be so proud of your president, and I don't care about that. But you are going to be so proud of your country because we're going to turn it around and we're going to start winning again. We're going to win so much. We're going to win at every level. We're going to win economically. We're going to win with the economy. We're going to win with military. We're going to win with health care and for our veterans. We're going to win with every single facet. We're going to win so much, you may even get tired of winning. And you'll say, please, please, it's too much winning. We can't take it anymore. Mr. President, it's too much. And I'll say, no, it isn't. We have to keep winning. We have to win more. We're going to win more. We're going to win so much. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. Unplugged. Welcome to episode 27 of The Middle Unplugged. I'm Anthony Weiner. This is a break in the middle of the week when we reclaim the microphone from the far left and the far right and try to carve out some time for a less shrill and less extreme and generally less angry conversation. Well, since we last met, the most powerful person on television got fired and the most powerful person on earth announced that he surprised, wants to see if he can break the endurance record for American presidents. If it sounds like one easy take is the MAGA guy is down and the anti-MAGA guy is up, well, I guess that's kind of the way it went down. You know, I have never been on the side of the argument that Donald Trump was going to break our democracy. In order to believe that, first you have to show that the tripwires and safety catches and emergency brakes of the Founding Fathers and generations since that have been put into place have not worked. In a way, Donald Trump and the empowerment of I don't know, his cocktail of legitimately upset middle-class whites and Hispanics and the around-the-bend xenophobes and racists that had always been out there but now had these giant social media megaphones, that in a way this did represent a test for us, for sure, no doubt about it. But when did norm-busting become dangerous? When did anger about the loss of power and aggrievement turn into tyranny? Two weeks ago on the pod, I suggested that when measured purely by political success, there was no way to argue that Trump and Trumpism had toppled democracy. Voters at nearly every turn did not like what they were seeing. Uh, Immediately after the inauguration, I even think the literal day after the inauguration, women marched on Washington in a giant turnout that was a harbinger of events to come. In the first electoral test after President Trump took office in 2017, Virginia, which had elections that year, went from purple to the blue status that it is today. In 2018, the Democrats in the midterm elections didn't just win, they won 41 seats. I think that was the most that had been won since the Watergate election of 1974. In 2019, it often gets overlooked. The Democrats won the governorship of bright red Kentucky. And you know the story of 2020 and 2022. We talk about that all the time. It has been a legitimate MAGA ass-kicking ever since MAGA and Trump arrived at the scene. But we also should be reminded that the judiciary also didn't break. Dozens of cases about the 2020 election in front of Democrat and Republican appointed judges in front of legislatures all came back with the same result. Donald Trump gets impeached twice by the legislative branch in a quasi-judicial act. And then we look at January 6th. More than 1,000 people were charged with January 6th crimes. Close to 500 have pled guilty. Sentences like 80 months in prison for... Julian K. Cater for assaulting police officers. I mean, clearly, there is a deterrent that was created by these prosecutions. 
And even with a divided Washington that has trouble getting even the basic things done, the January 6th committee told a compelling story that it didn't, it didn't end conspiracy theories or stop the theorists, but it ended legitimate debate about what happened on that day. Consensus was formed in the country among those people who had even a remotely open mind. And then we had the way that our courts responded to the lies about the election. The earmark of the MAGA movement was telling lies. Donald Trump's companies were found guilty. The prosecution of the president for lies makes it clear that the narrative that impeachment didn't work and therefore the system didn't work, that that's just wrong. Clear majority of Americans see him as a criminal. And the investigations in Georgia and Washington, they still continue. And it's not just the accountability for Donald Trump. Alex Jones lost a $1.3 billion case for his malicious lies. Again, the judicial system, the holding up its end of the bargain. And in the end, there was nothing for Fox News to even fight about. At the end, they acknowledged their MAGA-driven lies and will be paying at least $787 million and probably way more than that when all of the cases are settled. And, you know, it's worth noting that, you know, a guy that was so powerful that Republican politicians would go on his show and literally get orders for how to do things has now been kicked to the curb. Tucker Carlson would have on, what are some examples? Governor Abbott, and he'd say you should pardon some guy who was convicted of a jury of murder. And within hours, I think it was like the next day, the governor announces a pardon for someone that hadn't even been sentenced. I think that Governor Abbott also went on and was chided by Tucker Carlson for not deploying troops to the border, the National Guard, and he goes and he does it. Ron DeSantis said that he got his idea for the immigrant caravans from Tucker Carlson. And this is a guy who calls Donald Trump a demonic force. And then within weeks after the emails coming out, there's Donald Trump, the front runner for president of the United States and the Republican Party, sitting across from the guy who called him a demonic force as if nothing had happened. Now, it could well be, we don't know the full story yet, it could, could well be that, you know, Tucker Carlson was not immune from the backlash, that even he wasn't. But I don't know why he was fired, but it did come at the same time as someone who was lied about, used the tools of our civil society to fight back and win against his bosses, against Fox News. And civic progress is not a straight line. It has ups and downs. But it does seem like our country was facing the MAGA test, and instead of democracy breaking, it has snapped back quite impressively. But don't shed too many tears for Tucker Carlson. In other news, Russian TV offered a job to Tucker Carlson. And that's not a joke. That really happened. And we'll be right back with Listener Mail. So welcome back to the Middle Unplugged podcast. Each week on the Middle Unplugged, we like to dip into our mailbag and we get mail in different ways. At Rep Wiener is a Twitter handle I have. I think it's still there. I can't tell. Twitter is such a mess. Anthony D. Wiener on Facebook, WienerWABC at gmail.com. And it's try to replicate the dynamic that we have during the weekend show, The Middle, where we get callers who call in and they have a chance to opine, ask some questions, take some shots at me maybe, get into a back and forth. In a podcast form, we can't do that. So we try to do what we can by getting some questions from listeners. And in recent episodes, we've been trying to have some fun with it. We've taken some from politicians who have asked rhetorical questions. We have answered some questions that uh, have come in on email or on Twitter. Sometimes it's come in for some other person. And we're going to try a little something different today. This week's listener mail, this week's listener question, rather, 
comes from a familiar voice. Let's see if you can recognize it. Soak the rich, more and more taxes. Everybody's got to pay more taxes, especially the rich people. They even endorsed a 90% tax rate. Now, uh, you don't have to be Art Laffer. You don't have to be Larry Kudlow. Uh, you don't have to be a Republican to understand a 90% tax rate for anybody would destroy the incentive to invest, to create businesses. Who's going to do that if you have to pay 90% or more to the government uh, for your winnings? Yep, that was Steve Moore, the host of The Moore Money Show. He's on every Saturday from 1 to 2. He was an official, I believe, in the uh, Trump administration. He and I kind of overlap in a strange way. I don't know if you've ever actually met. He is on right before me. I come in a little bit early to do my show at 2 o'clock. And so I listen to his show probably more than any other show on the weekend lineup because I get in early and he's playing in the background. And I like his show. I think you should go out and subscribe to it. If you don't listen to it at 1 o'clock on Saturday, I encourage you to do it. He's an interesting cat. He has a good show. It's got a good, lively pace to it. But that sound that you heard was a – I'm going to take it as a question. I'm going to take it as a something of a, of a challenge. Steve Moore is someone who believes in the Republican orthodoxy um, about the idea of, you know, you know, Democrats and progressives want higher tax rates, which will kill the economy. And so sometimes he gets a little bit out over his skis and maybe we'll have a chance, he and I, to talk about this in either my show or his. But let me just respond a little bit generally and specifically. But let me start out with specifically this idea that anyone who is advocating for higher tax rates is saying that you should pay 90% of your income in taxes. No, what we're talking about and what people are talking about usually with making the tax code more progressive is that the top rate um, should be higher. And for example, when, when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says she proposed a top rate of 70%, it would only apply to dollars in excess of $10 million a year. It doesn't mean that you pay 90% at all $10, $10 million. If you make $10 million and $1, that means you only pay the 70% income tax on that top amount. Uh, the same is true for the wealth tax that's proposed by Elizabeth Warren. That would only apply to wealth in excess of $50 million. But while we're having this conversation, let me talk about another, some more things that people sometimes say, you know, kind of the cliches about the notion of a more progressive tax. 70% of Americans, including 54% of Republicans, support raising taxes on families that make more than $10 million a year and saying that they expect the rich to pay their fair share and that they don't. You know, this is a very traditional American idea. In fact, from 1930 to 1980, the average top marginal rate was over 70 percent. It was 78 percent from 51 to about 63. And um, again, this is only on the dollars that are um, uh, in excess of that very high threshold. It's been different over the different years. But basically, that high, um, that high top rate is only for, for uh, the dollars at the end. And, and, and even if you consider all of the deductions and tax credits, the very rich during those days paid about half their income, um, uh, about half of their, their top income in taxes. Um, it's a constitutional thing to do. And, you know, the idea of having tax on wealth is well ingrained in our society. If you think about it, the primary ways that localities tax citizens is a wealth tax because they put tax on property, uh, the value of people's homes. So the idea of doing a wealth tax like the kind that, that Elizabeth Warren proposes is really, um, is really very common 
in society. And that's why the pe- people like myself and others say, listen, there's no reason why just because you to get money in stocks and bonds doesn't mean that that should escape wealth ta- a tax also. And it's also this idea, and, and Steve Moore talked about it, that you know when taxes on the rich are cut rather than raised, everyone benefits, this whole notion of trickle down. But there's no evidence that a higher taxes on the rich slows economic growth. In fact, there's a lot of evidence to the contrary. When the top marginal rate was in that area I described earlier, between 71 and 92%, growth averaged 4% a year during those years. And when the rate has been very low in recent years, the average has only been about 2.1%. And then there are others that say, well, if you cut taxes on corporations, they invest more and create more jobs and stimulate investment um, domestically. Well, I've talked about this on the middle. You know, the, where, there, where companies that are getting the big tax cuts, like those that were given by Trump and the Republicans in 2018, there were not more jobs created. Um, what they went out and did is bought back, companies went back and bought their own stock back, driving up the stock price to benefit their shareholders, but not really benefiting anyone else. About $1 trillion of wealth was moved from taxes into stock buybacks, which, as I said, enriches executives and wealthy investors, but really don't do anything to help the economy. Then there's this other argument that sometimes made, oh, the rich are already paying their fair share because they pay such a large amount of income tax by proportion to the number of people they are. Yeah, but the 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 problem is that middle class and working Americans are overwhelmingly taxed more because they pay payroll taxes and state and local taxes and those types of taxes. Um, most, for the most part, the very well-to-do avoid paying taxes by having their wealth in things like stocks and bonds, which they go on to then pass on to their heirs. In the last 40 years, most Americans have seen almost no growth in their income uh, uh, at all. And yet many of the wealthiest Americans have not worked a day in their lives when about 60% of wealth in America is now inherited. So there is this idea, there's a lot of myths around the idea you can't raise taxes or why do people want to insist that other people may, but I always say all the time, you know, the best thing you can wish for someone is that they pay more taxes because that means they're making a lot more in income. But the one final point I want to make about this argument about, you know, Steve Moore has this very funny video that he did um, where there is this group of millionaires who are saying they want structural changes in, in the way the tax code is written so that they, the millionaires, pay more. And so Steve went up with a letter, this rather goofy looking spokesman. He's probably, he's obviously a rich guy because he doesn't care how he looks. And he said, we, what, what you guys want to sign right now to pay more money in taxes? I don't know exactly what the letter said. Um, and obviously, I mean, it was a funny kind of awkward moment that they were kind of debating one another and then some overzealous staffer tries to mush, push Mr. Moore away. But putting aside the atmospherics of the thing, it ignores the idea. I mean, Steve was trying to make some point. I, mean, I guess the point was that if you're so wealthy, you can pay some more money. This whole idea that this is your individual responsibility misunderstands how the tax code is supposed to work and how government's supposed to work. You know, people who made a lot of money or are wealthy or whose parents made a lot of money and passed it down to them, they benefited from the United States of America. They benefited from the police, from law enforcement, from courts, from political stability, from having a constitution, from having an education system, from having roads that were built. None of us truly did any of these things alone. This idea that it's my money, I get to keep it. Putting aside the the fact I read you earlier, about 60% of wealth in this country is now handed down from one generation to the next, like it used to be in in the royal days of, of the British Empire. 
This we have to be re- restore the idea that this isn't about well if you want to pay more taxes you go do it I want to pay less taxes and we have to get back to the idea of what the social compact and what the government compact we are in with one another I don't want to pay taxes I don't want you my listener to pay taxes if I could I would say everyone should not pay any taxes but taxes pay for the expenses of our government they pay for the debts that have been incurred they pay for the obligations we have to those who are less fortunate they pay for our national defense. And they pay for all the laws that we we pass. I mean, they're they're it's you know government costs money, and no one ever stops me on the street and says and said to me when I was in Congress, Congressman, I want to pay more taxes. But more often than not, they came up to me and said, "Here's something that government is doing. I want them to do better. I want them to teach my kids better. I want them to protect me better. I want that road to be paved." And part of this relationship is you get to demand those things because we have a fair and equitable tax system. And so that's my response to. Steve Moore's shorthanded question about taxing the rich, and uh, perhaps he and I can engage in this further. If you'd like to participate in the show by adding a question to the hopper, like I said, there are several ways to do it, at Rep Wiener, R-E-P-W-E-I-N-E-R on Twitter. Um, I can be reached on Facebook at Anthony D. Wiener, Wiener, W-A-B-C at uh, gmail.com. And uh, also on the Saturday show, the middle between two and three, you can call in and ask me a question, and then at three o'clock, Curtis Lee and I are on left versus right. I'm really grateful for your support of this podcast and the show that I'm on. I encourage you to check out the Red Apple Podcast Network, where there's all kinds of podcast offerings from talent that are on the air at WABC, some that are not. A really great selection. You could go there, and you can also get the WABC Radio app and sign up for notifications when new podcasts are available. I'm Anthony Weiner, and this marks the end of The Middle Unplugged.